Welcome to All Things Spooky with Rat and Alien, Ooh, a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is chilling, disturbing, and petrifying. Gather around the Ouija board. This week, we're telling true tales of the friendliest ghosts that haunt the coziest of places. These ghosts aren't here for revenge. They're here for a good time. But before we summon these happy haunters, it's time for Evil in the News. Our first evil item is the tale of an art deal gone wrong. When a Danish museum commissioned the work of Jans Hanning, they got two blank canvases in return for their $84,000. Hanning stated, The work is that I have taken their money. How artfully evil. Well, I have a few questions. I wonder why the museum didn't check her to see what they were receiving. Oh, well, okay, so there's a little context to this. <laughs> <laughs> that I brushed over. They commissioned him to recreate a piece of work that would have cost him more to recreate than they were even going to be like be prepared to pay him. And so oh, this he took it as an opportunity to create a new piece of work that is a commentary on poor working conditions and to highlight income inequality because one canvas is mm. much smaller than the other. That's what that means, apparently. So... I do actually kind of, if this is evil, I don't want to be good, actually. I really do like the message behind this. He's sticking up for workers' rights and making sure people get a fair wage. And the museum, actually, there's a, there is a not-so-spooky good end of the story. They're very happy to have brand new work from this artist, and, and they, they're in on the joke, so they love it, too. Yeah, and I'm sure they got great press about it. Yes. Anyway, Jillian, your journalistic interrogations ruined the end of that story, but... <laughs> What evil item did you find in the news? <laughs> well, the devil has taken me to Australia. And it's about a mother who is fed up that her son named Lachlan had a very messy room. And she had continually tried to get him to tidy up and just was over the piles of clothes and had to come up with an idea to get her son to clean his room. So she conspired with her brother and started putting wild rice, which looks like little poo grains, if you will, little droppings around his room. And suddenly he started to clean his room and was really interested in being clean because he was freaked out by the so-called mouse droppings. But the twist is... Her son is not a young boy. <laughs> He's 22. Well, then it's not so evil, is it? <laughs> I should have told him to beat it. Exactly. It's <laughs> actually but, pretty nice, I think, in, in the scheme of things, considering. Yeah. And I mean, a little behind-the-scenes stuff. Sometimes I'll uh, get our cozy in the news or, 
you know, we'll both get our individual stories or Matt will find it for us. And so this time around, Matt was helpful and he gave me this new story. And throughout the week, I kind of was going back to it. I hadn't read the full article and I was like, man, that's super, I, I can't believe this mother. I, for some reason, I was getting a little heated about it. <laughs> Maybe because my mom was so tricky. So she would always play tricks. Um, and so it, it, I don't it, know, I guess, it drudged up that trauma. <laughs> That triggered me. <laughs> I was like, why can't you just sit your son down and talk to him? But now that he's 22. She went nuclear immediately. Mouse poo deployed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, but, you know, hey, he's 22. And so hopefully he doesn't need his mom to drop rice around his room to get him to clean up. I mean, apparently he did. And, you know, parents listening, if you're frustrated that your children aren't cleaning up after themselves, you can always try this. One simple trick to get your 22-year-old to clean their room. A clean, clean sweep of evil. That's right. <laughs> shall, we, shall we go into our, our main segment, the reason we're here on Halloween? Tonight we have some terrifying, quote-unquote, true ghost stories for you. So gather around the fire for some thrilling tales. Ooh. Now these ghosts are not ghosts that have come back to scare you, to go bump in the night. They are really nice people. <laughs> They're friendly. They're friendly, okay? We are a cozy show. We did our research. I, I actually read a book that was from 1917 for this <laughs> wow. episode. It was a very short book, but it was very informative about one of my ghosts. These are real events. These were real people. Um, and these are real accounts of people who say, hey, you know what? They didn't quite leave this mortal coil. So let's learn about these friendly ghosts. I'll kick it off. My first cozy ghost is Mary Virginia Wade, the baker of Baltimore Street. Our tale begins on Thursday, July 2nd, 1863 in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, on the second day of the Battle of Gettysburg. The town was under fire, and hungry Union soldiers sought refuge in the homes of the town's residents. One of those residents, Mary Virginia Wade, affectionately called Jenny on account of her middle name, baked bread for the hungry soldiers gathered in the town until 9 p.m. that night. Some residents of Gettysburg attempted to profit from the feeding of all of the hungry soldiers stationed in their town, but not Jenny Wade. She would accept no payment from all the soldiers she fed, and as she closed her door for rest that day, one final soldier appeared and asked for a bite to eat. Always generous, Jenny told the soldier to return the next day and she would promise him a biscuit. The door closed and she began preparing the dough for the next day's batch of hungry soldiers. Barely able to sleep through the cacophonous rifle fire consuming Gettysburg, Jenny awoke the next morning to a modest breakfast of coffee, applesauce, bread, and butter and said her morning prayers. She was just about finished kneading the dough for the biscuits she promised when a Confederate bullet penetrated the door on the north side of the house and pierced Jenny's heart. She died immediately. At her burial, dough was left on her hands and arms as evidence of her service and selflessness. Today, over 150 years later, the house where Jenny died has become a museum. The bullet holes that riddled the house remain, as does the tray on which she baked that fateful day. Some say her spirit remains too. Some visitors say they smell the aroma of freshly baked bread and hear the sound of dough being kneaded. Still others report 
They simply feel the comforting presence of someone who cared for others. And that is the tale of Jenny Wade, the only civilian casualty of the Battle of Gettysburg and the Baker of Baltimore Street. That was lovely, Matt. And I can't fault a a ghost who loves to bake. I had actually watched a history channel or travel channel, one of those things that's not actually about what they used to be about and now only show ghost hunter shows Hmm. on Jenny Wade. And it was tragic. She had a pretty difficult life. And so I have a background watching that show. And then I did some more research on my own, including reading a little book about her from 1917, where I got a lot of the details of the story of what happened to her. It's very tragic. But what I found cozy about this was not only the reminder of somebody who really did something for other people and was a very helpful soul, but thinking about ghost stories, this is a ghost I actually would like to encounter. (laughs) I want to smell that bread. She doesn't seem like she's there to scare you at all. If you see her or feel her in, in the, in the museum. Now the museum that, that her house quote unquote is, is actually her sister's house where she died. Um, she was there. Mm. Um, there was cause the town was really a mess because of the, the battle. So there was fire everywhere. They felt safer in that house. And unfortunately it was not as safe as they thought. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that this ghost, uh, compared to many others, is simply there to bake for you, give you some free smells. She's basically, you know, and, and some free sounds. So she's like a Jimmy John's slash ASMR hybrid. Yeah. Um, she's do, you got the, the dough kneading, you got the aromas going. Jenny Wade is a pretty cozy ghost, I think. Oh, great pick, Matt. You'll have to travel to that house. Yeah, no, I definitely want to. It sounds like a great museum and captures that moment in history. It's funny that you mentioned you have a little history with your ghosts because that's also the case for me. I first heard of my ghost on Unsolved Mysteries, the old version with Robert Stack. I, when I saw the title of yours, I was like, I've seen this episode and I, I, I still think about it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike you, Matt, I kind of censored my story. Uh, I left out the details of the death, but... Uh, I I paid a full picture anyway. So my first cozy ghost is the blue lady, AKA Mary Ellen. And before I get started, I want to say in my research, I learned that a lot of ghosts are just named after colors. So the gray man, the green man, the white lady, they (laughs) don't have a lot of definition Jillian. So they really only got the (laughs) colors going for them. That's how we differentiate. They deserve more respect. Sometimes they're just orbs. Apparently. Apparently, that's why that's I learned that. So I have the blue lady. So I will begin my tale of the blue lady. The Moss Beach Distillery, a popular restaurant tucked away on a cliff in Half Moon Bay, California, boasts stunning views of the Pacific Coast. But the restaurant's allure isn't limited to its enchanting location. Patrons have been enticed back for decades at the possibility of catching a glimpse of the blue lady who once bore the name Mary Ellen when she was Earthside. Like many of us, Mary Ellen was drawn to the good times, frequenting the Moss Beach Distillery when it was a speakeasy during the Prohibition era. And it's not difficult to imagine a young Mary Ellen laughing and drinking, illuminated under a moon, hanging high above the darkened coast. But somewhere along the way, and there are conflicting stories about her fate, as the Unsolved Mysteries episode detailed. Mary Ellen died there, losing her name and becoming the Blue Lady, as blue was the color of the dress she often wore. 
Of course, it's fair to assume the blue lady didn't plan on spending eternity at a random restaurant in California, but she has seemingly made the best of it, becoming a cozy guardian of its employees and patrons. Not only are there tales of the blue lady saving curious children from wandering off the Moss Beach Slurry's cliffs, but staffers claim she has left them comforting signs. The restaurant's longtime bookkeeper, Susan Broderick, told Half Moon Bay's The Patch that, during one late night, the office printer suddenly turned on, and when Broderick checked the paper, there was a tiny heart. Another worker was alone in the storage room after closing on Christmas Eve and felt someone gently touching her neck. It was as if the blue lady was trying to comfort me because I was so scared to be down there myself, Melissa Vega recalled. And some nights, employees have noticed the restaurant chairs mysteriously stack themselves. But when the blue lady isn't helping her earthly companions, she's keen to play tricks. Stealing patrons' earrings, calling the restaurant to confuse employees when no one answers, to name just a few pranks. But her favorite pastime is wandering the restaurant's cliffs, forever drawn to the coast in all of its haunting beauty. That was beautiful, Jillian. Well, I have a soft spot for that blue lady. I just imagining her wandering those cliffs. I'm, I'm imagining her drawing that little heart and then printing it. Yes, well, <laughs> I have to say, I, I did get a, a few chuckles reading the accounts of the hauntings. Um, because even if, you know, the blue lady really isn't out there in the ghostly realm, I do enjoy the idea of some older staff members. <laughs> you know, I, I could imagine, like... Hey, hey, Linda, the, the printer turned on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then like, yeah, Linda's over there like stacking the <laughs> chairs at night, just trying to make people think that it was the blue lady. Yeah. No, I like all of, I, as I, because in all of mystery, there are kind of older ladies and so staffers. And so it's nice to imagine all of them uh, talking and engaging in these hauntings. Well, you, but. you know, a ghost is cozy when... If somebody is posing as them and they're doing nice things <laughs> to make you think it was the ghost, it's a good haunting. You want to you want to be haunted by that kind of ghost. Yeah, and I think it's also cozy because of the location. I mean, if I had to be the Blue Jillian, I would hope that I would have great <laughs> views and I would be at a nice restaurant and get some mozzarella sticks. You and... would be at the ground round for sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be the, the chicken lady of ground round. The tender lady. <laughs> tender is her heart and her thighs. <laughs> All right. So, Julian, the other cozy ghost I'd like to introduce to you is named George Guthrie, and he's the guardian ghost of the Elsinore Theater in Salem, Oregon. In life... George Guthrie was an entrepreneur who opened Salem, Oregon's Elsinore Theater in 1926. He built the theater in Tudor Gothic style, so it resembled the castle and the city of Elsinore from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Designed for live theater and silent films, it was a beacon of culture and entertainment in Salem until about the mid-1950s, when it began to decline and became a second-run movie theater. It was set to be demolished, in fact, in 1980, so bad had become its state. Fortunately, Guthrie's legacy avoided destruction thanks to the Save the Elsinore Committee, which started putting on free events at the theater that drew tens of thousands of people. Renewed interest saved it, and it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1994. 
With renovations completed in 2004, the theater now hosts plays, concerts, and screenings of classic films, so it's doing great. While the building itself was saved by enthusiastic benefactors from outside destruction, some say the ghost of the man who founded it protects the theater and those who work inside it. In life, Guthrie was often in the building, and after a long day of looking after it, would even spend the night in the projection booth. While alone in the theater, one technical director reported a calm and reassuring presence watching him as he closed up for the night. He was in the upper balcony and observed the shadow of a man projected by the ghost light on the stage on the back wall of the theater. The shadow walked across the stage and disappeared into the projection booth, the same booth Mr. Guthrie spent many a night in. Actors also have tales of spotting George Guthrie. They say he watches them as they rehearse. During a rehearsal of A Midsummer Night's Dream, actors say they saw a man standing in the front row nodding approvingly. He liked what he saw. (laughs) After a few scenes, he disappeared. Later, they asked their director, and they were told that no one was in the theater all day, except for the director and the cast. But Guthrie's ghost's most heroic act came during a production of Romeo and Juliet. The house organist observed a lady who was coming down from the balcony and tripped midway down the stairs. But as she fell forward, a bad fall, by the way, that would have been face first, something inexplicable happened. Something lifted her up and placed her safely on the landing. He wasn't alone in witnessing the event. Over 40 other people say they saw the same thing. Mm -hmm. Terry Rosa, the technical director who saw the shadow of Guthrie watching him from the projection booth, put it best. Quote, The theater spirit needs to be honored and people need to be honored before each show. Because if you don't pay homage to the past, you're not ever going to have a future in the theater. What a lovely man. Yeah, what a wonderful caretaker and protector of the theater that he founded. And I really love these stories and they came from a lot of different people. And I really want to shout out the um, article that I sourced a lot of them from because I think if this article didn't exist, I wouldn't have known about George Guthrie or all of these ghost sightings that have been in the theater. So shout out to Tom Mayhall Rastrelli of the Statesman Journal for um, really getting the scoop on all of these haunts of George Guthrie. I also love that. George Guthrie was so passionate about his work. That's also so cozy. I mean, he was so passionate about the theater and the community he built. It extended into the afterlife. Yeah, and must have been such a positive guy that like, you know, normally when you hear tales of like, oh, there's a specter watching you, that is, it makes you feel uneasy. It doesn't make you feel like comforted mm-hmm. or that someone's looking after you. So whatever vibe that they're getting clearly is, is good. And that this is a, a, when they feel watched or observed, it's not from somebody who is scary it's a warm feeling of being looked after and i mean the tale of somebody falling down the stairs and basically getting inexplicably floated up that is either that person did some sort of somersault and then fooled everyone (laughs) or there really is a a a guthrie ghost saving people from falling (laughs) yeah no i i believe in guthrie and it's funny you mention the part about him uh, kindly observing the actors because it'd be kind of hilarious if instead of nodding approvingly, he's like flipping the bird. Or something, right? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's good. He only gives um, positive feedback. He appreciates the arts. He's really not there to tear them down. He's, he's there to build them up. He's a very cozy ghost. I, he definitely fits the bill. Yes, for sure. Well, unfortunately my next ghost doesn't have a name. Maybe perhaps we can name him, him after. But uh, I will get to the tale of our no-name ghost. 
settlers in popular fiction are known to exude qualities of dedication, charm, and firm caring. Think Alfred Pennyworth from Batman, the Adams Family Lurch, or perhaps the most devoted of them all, Downton Abbey's Mr. Charles Carson. But if one woman's haunting tale is to be believed, a butler's desire to serve isn't just overblown by Hollywood. This eerily cozy tale begins sometime in the 1930s at the Manor House, a classic estate located in Cold Ashton, a village in South Gloucestershire, England. It was where Lady Winifred Pennier found herself one evening lost and hopeful that the manor's occupants would be able to steer her in the right direction. Luckily, when she rang the bell, a butler appeared, eager to offer help. Lady Pennier got the direction she had been seeking and gave the old chap half a crown for his kindness. Once Lady Pennier arrived at her destination, she shared her charming tale, not expecting the response she received. She was promptly informed the manor was long abandoned, with her friend driving her back to the stately home just to prove it. As described, the mansion was completely locked up. Its rusted and locked gates, a sign no one had tended to the estate in years. And when Lady Pennier approached the front step, she found the half a crown, proving the helpful soul did not need thanks for his service. Wow, no, no tip needed. <laughs> no, no tip needed. A half a crown. He's the no gratuity ghost. Yeah. It was, there's really very little information about this butler, but I liked it in its simplicity and just the idea of a helpful little butler tending his, tending his manner and providing directions because as someone who's gotten lost many a times, I would love to get directions from a butler ghost. Who wouldn't? What, yeah, what a perfectly spooky thing to happen on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and also I think Manners in England are pretty pretty cozy. So absolutely, and, I yeah. think, and and can be terrifying looking too. Like they they really do toe that line for yes. sure. Yeah, this is a really comforting ghost. He's very helpful, no doubt about that, and doesn't require any payment. So very good for the budget too. Yeah. yeah. You know, ghosts often want things. They're they're coming. They're sti- they're lingering because they have unfinished business. This mm-hmm. ghost doesn't need it. There to help. Yeah. Not taking anything from you. Yeah, no tip needed. Yeah, whatever whatever he's looking for in the afterlife, it's not um, your half a crown. <laughs> not all card cash. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our little campfire stories of ghosts. We thought we'd do something a little different this Halloween. I had a lot of fun researching. We hope you enjoyed our stories of friendlier ghosts, ghosts that um, you would might want to introduce your children to. <laughs> <laughs> Seal of approval. Seal of approval, right? All thing, these are all things cozy approved ghosts. And we really, I mean, we do hope that our tales didn't frighten you too much. If you are looking for ghouls that are more fluff than fear, we recommend you check out The Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney+. Plus. So, Jillian, let's talk about it. This special just came out on Disney+. Plus. Believe it or not, this is the first Muppet Halloween special. And when we discovered that, Jillian and I knew, excuse me, Alien and I knew... We had to talk about it on our Halloween episode. Scope it out for ourselves and let you know what we think. A quick synopsis of Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's Halloween night, and while most of the Muppets are celebrating Halloween at their annual party, the fearless Gonzo aims to prove his greatness by surviving one night at the Haunted Mansion. Yes, that Haunted Mansion, the one from the Disney ride. Okay, you got it right. Apparently, Gonzo's hero, the Great MacGuffin, disappeared in the mansion 100 years ago. 
But Gonzo's not alone. His friend Pepe, a king prawn, not a shrimp, he'll have you know, joins him on this challenge. The ghost host that greets them, played by Will Arnett, informs our heroes that if they cannot survive the night, they'll be trapped in the mansion forever. So uh, before we go into what we thought of, uh, thought of it, I think you can already tell, like based on my intro, that I really liked it and think you, sh- you should watch it too, anyone who's listening to this. This is a really interesting trivia for IMDb because I was wondering, so Gonzo the Muppet is famously partnered with Rizzo the Rat. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you've watched uh, A Muppet Christmas Carol, you'll know those two are together in that movie and, and really in most things they're together. But apparently there was some controversy with the performer named Steve Whitmire, and he was fired, and basically all of his oh. characters were kind of reduced or retired. Basically, if they're not a bigger kind of Muppet, they're kind of being phased out, and it looks like Pepe is the new sidekick for Gonzo. So just some development there in terms of the, uh, the Muppet drama happening at the, <laughs> at the Henson studio. Well, I, I mean, that's quite interesting. I had no idea, but I love Pepe, who I, I apologize uh, Apologies to Pepe because I did think he was a shrimp first. How do I love that little shrimp? But he would not appreciate that. So Jillian, what did you think? What were you, what were your highlights and what were some things that maybe you thought could be better? Oh man, I was loving this. I didn't know what to expect. I downloaded Disney Plus just to watch this. Really? And yes, well, I had it, but my subscription left. So we, no need to go into uh, the boring details, but I, I, I renewed it. And just to watch this, because I was super excited about it. So my highlights to kick it off, Kermit and Miss Piggy dressed up as each other for Halloween because they, to set the stage for this, they uh, Kermit was hosting a Halloween party and it was just really cute and, and, and fun and simple. And I love Kermit, so it, it was fun. And then Kermit also mentioning that there was going to be a Halloween breakfast with friends. I think it's just the coziest idea because most of the time Halloween yeah. obviously is, is night theme, all those activities, but how cozy would it be to have a Halloween breakfast, pumpkin pancakes, whole nine yards. So I might have to do that one day. Um, Jillian's taking also, notes over here. I'm taking notes. Thanks Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the miscommunication humor at the beginning between Pepe and Gonzo because they mistakenly believe they're telling the glitzy Hollywood party at the haunted mansion. And so that was just full of jokes. And I know, Matt, you also appreciate miscommun- miscommunication humor as well. So that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, one of my favorite things about the special was Pepe's difficulty with language. In particular, <laughs> his mispronunciations. They just tickled me. Like, uh, he, he says at one point, if I don't see some champagne cocktails and horsey d'oeuvres, ASPCA, I'm out of here, Okay. <laughs> And it's simple things like that, like the, he really butchers John Stamos's name. It's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, and if you're wondering why John Stamos randomly appeared in this, I have a feeling it has, has to do with the fact that his wife is the biggest Disney fan of all time. So I he, now he works a lot with Disney, but it, it does appear random, I think, if you don't have that, that context. Uh, so I also loved the scene when... Gonzo faces his fear because the whole premise is that to escape the mansion, you have to face your fear. And he says this really sweet line and says, I'm afraid I'll never see my friends again. And so it felt very timely. It was all the stuff going on with COVID. And it was very heartfelt. And, you know, and all throughout these laughs, you need that, that moment of, uh, you know, deep, 
deep, good feeling content. And so he delivered a really sweet monologue about that. And then last but not least, I love the scenes between Taraji P. Henson and Pepe. They had great chemistry. I was cracking up the entire time. I think, Matt, you can probably dive a little bit more deeper into the the finer details of it. But um, Pepe is at risk of marrying Taraji and uh, being potentially eaten by her. And he is, of course, blissfully unaware. And so the dialogue between them is just laugh after laugh. And um, all of Taraji's, her character's dead husbands, they're all their commentary. I, that's where I had the most fun. On that point, my favorite thing about this special is that they really do the Haunted Mansion justice. I love that ride. It's, I think, my favorite at Disney. They have all the characters that you expect to be there are there. There's the ghost host. There's Madame Pagoda, who's supposed to be Madame Leota, but it's Miss Piggy. Constance Hatchaway is played by Taraji P. Henson. And there are a lot of other notable characters from the ride, uh, but those are just a few of them. And like you're saying, yeah, so she's got Pepe in her clutches, and they had great chemistry. So even just beyond the fact that they were giving me what I wanted from the ride into the special, Taraji and Pepe... <laughs> just really seem to hit it off. I feel like yeah. I believe them as a, as a, as a duo. They really played off each other really well. Agreed. I also really loved the blink and you miss it cameos. There's my, a couple ones I want to point out. Sashir Zameda as a ghost um, and wheel of fortunes, Pat Sajak as a singing bust <laughs> that are surprises. So look out for them um, when you're watching. And of course it wasn't, all, all all good laughs the whole entire time. There were some parts where it lagged a bit. Uh, so the entry into the mansion is is fun and exciting. They're greeted by Will Arnett, and it's all fun. And But there's a part where it lags from when they get into the mansion to the, the dancing scene in the dining room. That's where I kind of lost interest a bit. It was on my phone. But once Taraji entered the scene, I I lit up again. I don't know if that's a similar experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a very similar experience. I, I It did drag a little in the middle. In particular, because for me, there was a moment where it was like, you realize what Constance Hatchaway is up to, and then there's a lot of build up to it. And that's for the kids, I think, to understand what's happening. So I get it. I, I don't think that's a mistake. But I think as an adult watching it, you're kind of like, okay, okay, move on. <laughs> like, I get it. I get what's yeah. happening. So those are, re- I think that's a really minor kind of like quibble, but... um I loved it, and I will watch this every year, probably. Yeah, same here. I, I would love a little bit more Kermit next time, but overall, I had so much fun. And Yeah, there's a new I, voice actor for Kermit, and I didn't realize it was so polarizing, because when I ended up looking up some of the songs, the comments were full of, like, vitriol. Oh, I, it, I mean, it, I think I kind of know. It's like, oh, it sounds a little different, but uh, it still has the same vibe as Kermit. I, I didn't notice anything off honestly I, I mean i'm not a huge you know kermit head but um <laughs> it's i think maybe he wasn't central because they just weren't 100 percent yet on the voice uh, that makes sense well thank you for providing that that controversy once again because now i would all i got sense. all the muppet drama apparently yeah i got all the, Digging got it all up. the tea but that's not the only offering available on your tv screen this halloween calling in via crystal ball is a ghost podcast host you may recognize He's a frequent visitor of All Things Cozy, in particular on Halloween. It's Michael Verratti, here with some scary new recommendations. 
Greetings, all things cozy. It's me, filmmaker, screenwriter, producer, podcast host, and slightly older than teenage werewolf, Michael Verratti. And I am thrilled to be back for another Halloween episode. Over the last few years, my commitments to all things spooky tend to keep me very busy this time of year. So unfortunately, I can't be with Matt and Jillian there in Cozy HQ. But I love that we have this annual tradition of getting together every year to celebrate the haunting season. So I'm sending this message from somewhere north of Transylvania with a few cozy recommendations of my own. I have great nostalgia for Halloween's past when, in a time before streaming, networks would make an event out of the seasons and would get movies of the week. I remember curling up with cocoa and blankets excited for whatever fun, TV-friendly frights they had in store. So, in honor of that, I'm offering two TV movie picks to get cozy to this Halloween. First up is an ABC TV movie from 1985 called The Midnight Hour. This movie, directed by Jack Bender, who would go on to direct Child's Play 3, which admittedly is much more spooky than this, is about teen pranksters who accidentally revive a 300-year-old witch on Halloween night. She brings a host of other monsters with her, and shenanigans are aplenty. The plot, admittedly, is not dissimilar to Hocus Pocus, but this came a decade sooner. Uh, Also, there's a big thriller-esque dance number that is totally worth the price of entry to see monsters bopping around with 80s hair. I think you guys are going to love it. This movie stars LeVar Burton, who most of us know from Reading Rainbow, or Star Trek, if that's your thing, uh, Sherry Belafonte, and Peter DeLuise, who would go on to be a dad on The Wizards of Waverly Place. So pretty cool cast, as far as I'm convinced. And it does periodically pop up on streaming sites. I'm not really sure uh, where it's available right now, but I'm fairly certain that a keen and dedicated viewer of all things cozy and all things spooky can track this down. And my other suggestion is a brand new TV movie. This movie uh, that I'm recommending now is a 2021 remake of a 1997 Disney Channel original movie. Yes, that's right. It is the new version of Under Wraps. This one is directed by Alex Zam, who also did Netflix's Christmas Prince. I know you all love a good cozy Christmas movie. Uh, And if you're not familiar with Under Wraps, it's about a group of kids who accidentally revive a mummy they find in their neighbor's basement. Don't worry, the neighbor's an art thief, you know, as neighbors tend to be. And the subsequent hijinks of trying to uh, right some of these ancient wrongs that the mummy is is cursed to walk the earth due to. Uh, There's also a scene where the mummy dances, and it's really quite impressive. So you can see that my thread for both of these movies was uh, breakdancing monsters. Which, honestly, if you're going to double feature, why would you not want it to be that? Uh, This movie is fun for the whole family and obviously is available on Disney Plus now. So if you want a good duo of cozy Halloween movies, those are my picks. 1985's The Midnight Hour and 2021's Under Wraps. Also, if you have a great interest in television movies especially ones with a spooky bend, I recommend you check out the work of a colleague of mine, Amanda Reyes, whose book, Are You in the House Alone? A TV Compendium from 1964 to 1999, highlights many, many movies you can dig into. She's also the host of the Made for TV Mayhem podcast, where she discusses TV movies of all stripes. She did not pay me to say this. I just love her work, and I love TV movies, obviously. And I think that uh, what she does would jive very much with the cozy crowd. So uh, go check her out, whether during the Halloween season season or beyond. And of course, uh, if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on Twitter, uh, as well as my podcast that I host with Peaches Christ, Midnight Mass, where we talk about movies every week. And until next Halloween, all things cozy, I am sending my spooky best, Matt, Jillian, 
I love you both. I wish I could be there. Happy, happy Halloween. Michael, we really miss you and wish you could have joined us this year, but we totally understand. This is a really busy season for Michael, so we really just appreciate that you took the time out to give us some recs from the beyond. (laughs) And I can't wait to watch this double feature that involves breakdancing mummies. Yes, thank you, Michael. And I can't wait till you haunt us again next year. We gathered around the campfire and told some cozy ghost stories we have a full list of things to watch on Halloween. Let's turn up with some scary sounds. Jillian, what's making your beat bump in the night? So I was looking for a song that was ghost themed, which is actually a little difficult because a lot of ghost themed songs are romantic in nature. Oh, I'm haunted by a ghost. You know, things like that. Keep singing. Of course, I should. Again, of course, I should. Because you know why I'm not a musician or a lyricist. Um, so this song fits fits the bill. It's it's haunting, but it's a beat too. Or a song I would listen to if it wasn't Halloween. And it's called Ghost Dream by Blouse, and it was released on Halloween in 2011. So doing a bit of a throwback here. All right, let's take a listen to Ghost Dream by Blaps. As somebody who loves the Smiths and Joy Division, this fits right in with one of my favorite genres of music. I am so thrilled to know this song now. Thank you, Jillian. I love Ghost Dream. Oh, well, yeah. I, I stumbled across it too in, in my research. I never heard of Blouse. And uh, when you get deeper into the song, there's really fun uh, lyrics that go on with the, the ghost theme. And so the lyrics are great too. I, I love love the beats and sounds. <laughs> the only criticism with this kind of music is that Sometimes the lyrics are overpowered by the sound, mm-hmm. but I love the sound so much too. You just get lost in it. Yeah, in a it's, trance. It's, it's it's yeah, exactly. It's hypnotizing for sure. Yes, for sure. I love it. Thanks. Well, my pick. I actually really don't have any ability to contextualize it because I really did Google the heck out of it, and I could not find any information. So the only reason I know about the song is because I watched the new Halloween movie, uh, the, like the Michael Myers movie, uh, Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. on Peacock. And while I cannot recommend that film, I did not really love it at all. Thanks, Kyle Richards. <laughs> I'm just going to have to say no to the whole thing. It was, just, it was not my jam. I will say that I was loving one scene in particular where where a character puts on a record and plays this song and just starts dancing around the room. It's one of those moments where you're like, how have I never heard this song before? Because it's such a classic spooky song and it feels like it should, everyone should know it. So why don't you know it too? So I'm going to share it with you right now. So it's called it's Halloween. Stop, look and listen by Pete Antel. And I don't know what year it was done. I don't know anything about it, but I really love it. I think it's I think it's from the 50s or 60s, but I, I'm not I'm not sure either. In, in any case, let's listen to It's Halloween. Stop, look and listen. Goblins will get you if you don't watch out to take you and shake you until you shout. Stop, look and listen. It's Halloween. 
Just witches and broomsticks and big black hats Stirring up their potions in big black vats Stop, look, and listen I really like this because it offers a little bit of a change of pace from the typical Halloween songs we have in rotation. Like I would love to play this while I'm setting up my Halloween uh, feast because every year make little Halloween snacks and food and we watch Hocus Pocus. And so it's nice. I could see this being a nice uh, song to a fun song to have in the background instead of you know the monster mash or something like that. Yeah. And shout out to the makers of Halloween kills for bringing this to our attention because I've seen it blowing up. People are like all wondering like, what is the song? It's so cozy. It's fun to listen yeah, to. Yeah, It's so fun. It's like a nice little jazzy number and um, I'm glad it's in my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be singing stuff. Look and listen. And it sounds like a PSA. Song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I should be really listening for something. What am I looking for? <laughs> it's Halloween. Good choice. Well, we have some more good choices. Let's grab a book off the shelf of Lucifer's library. Yes. This haunting story is courtesy of the horror writer Kelly Link. Her scary stories often have hints of science fiction and strangeness. And speaking of strangeness, she even wrote a book, story collection, Stranger Things Happen. And so... The story is The Specialist's Hat, and it was the winner of the 1999 World Fantasy Award for Best Short Story. It's still a classic, with LeVar Burden narrating the story for his podcast, LeVar Burden Reads, in 2019. So you can read the story. It's available on Kelly Link's website, but I highly recommend having Mr. Burden narrate it because it is a little bit scary. It's not literally on the cozy side. And the way he reads it is so fun. It's a perfect thing to to listen to on Halloween, cozy, cozy up with a blanket. And there's this really fun music that plays in the background as he's telling the story. And the story focuses on twin sisters who lost their mother, and they have a widowed father. And they live in a very creepy home that was owned by a former poet. So I don't want to go too deep into the story because, you know, spoiler alert. So, but as if you want to cozy read, that's has a good amount of scariness to it. I recommend the specialist hat by Kelly link. That's a great recommendation. I'm, I'm going to check that out and I will check out the podcast version so I can listen to this spooky story in my car. Yeah. I think you'll really enjoy it. It wouldn't be an all things cozy episode if we didn't have a creepy candle. <laughs> Nope. Usually it's a, it's a nice candle. This is a nice candle too, but it, we call it a creepy candle because it's the Halloween episode. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm burning. So we had like a stockpile of Bath and Body Works candles. And so this is the final one, I think, in our series <laughs> from our shopping spree. I'm Tonight I am burning Pumpkin Carving, again by Bath Ooh. and Body Works. It costs $14.50 um, MSRP, but you'll never pay that price. I just checked the website and it's on sale for $7.25. Just use a coupon. Ooh, that's a yeah. good deal. The scent it's giving off is a freshly carved pumpkin, spiced pumpkin seeds, smooth brown sugar with natural essential oils. I have to say I'm definitely getting the sugar. It's a sweeter smell than you would expect from a pumpkin candle. And I think that kind of goes back mm-hmm. to a little bit, Julian, what we were talking about before when we talked about Bath and Body Works is 
their smells tend to lean sweet and foodie. Yes. They're sugar fiends. They are definitely sugar fiends. I love, I mean, I really do enjoy it. I think it's good. It's a nice scent. And it, it's similar to Yankee Candle and Bath and Body Works. Um, the, their candles are napalm. They're just like, <laughs> they will fill your whole house. And you, it's, you're like, how does a candle that small release a scent that big? So the throw is massive. Like you, It really does fill the space. So you're definitely not going to be wondering what the smell is. Mm. I'm definitely just getting a pumpkin and sh- a sugary pumpkin scent. I don't, I'm not really get- spiced pumpkin seeds is a good note. I like the idea of that, but I don't smell that um, per se. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that scent because I was also very taken by it. I mean, all, even all the scents, freshly carved pumpkin, spiced pumpkin seeds. I mean, all the notes sound great, but out of all of those notes, spiced pumpkin seeds is very hard to imagine. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm at the end of the day though, I'm getting p- spicy, sweet pumpkin. It's good enough for me. It's a, it's a it's a good accompaniment to a kind of cozy Halloween vibe. So I'll, I'll give this a wick up. I think you know it, it. It's not my favorite favorite. The white pumpkin is a little bit more of my jam, but I I do think this is serving what it's saying it is, and I and it is attempting to be evocative, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I gotta get this, especially when it's on sale too. Yeah, and you know who can argue with that price? Can't argue. You just can't. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our Halloween episode for this year. Let's wrap up with some growls and howls, our shout-outs uh, for today's episode. First of all, thank you to Emily K for sending us two adorable fall-themed gifts, a pumpkin soup holder and spooky Starbucks cups with our names on them. It's incredible. You are the best. Thank you for um, thinking of us and giving us these delightfully ghoulish gifts. Yeah, we love it. And thank you to longtime friends of the podcast, Bill and Tom, for becoming patrons. We really appreciate the support. And with that said, we appreciate the support of all of our patrons. Thank you so much for continuing to keep the lights on here at All Things Cozy HQ. Welcome to the werewolf pack. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you're howling over there, Bill and Tom. Uh, Jillian's calling to you. Before we go, I have one more recommendation for our listeners. If you're in the mood for some chilling tales and spooky sounds, there is an album called Eerie Earfuls, Volume 1, The Haunted Sounds of Halloween Night. It includes music and a narrative story about three adventurous children on a journey through the macabre neighborhood of Evercrest, Massachusetts. And as they make their way to a mysterious Halloween bash, they have to brave ravenous werewolves, ghastly ghosts, eccentric witches, and a nightmarish array of other ghouls before the night is over. It begins with two great songs, uh, the Skeleton Graveyard Ballyhoo and a witch's song um, before it goes into the story itself. So it's like kind of a good old-fashioned like retro Halloween album with like sound of, like spooky sound effects and a, and a little scary story that's um, bookended by this music. And so highly recommend checking it out. It, you can I'll, I'll put a link in our show notes, but you can buy it for just $3, the whole album, mm. um, at lonelyspectreproductions.bandcamp.com. And, and I want to shout out to friend of the podcast, Brendan Haley, who shared this with us and was the director, writer, and producer. So thank you, Brendan, for sharing this album with us. And I, I loved it. And I think our listeners should check it out, too. Yeah, thank you. That's it for us this week. You are on your own on Halloween night. Be safe, everyone out there. Enjoy the spooky season before we go into the other holidays that are going to keep us warm in the winter. We'll be back in your ears with a brand new episode in just two weeks. Until then, stay stay creepy. creepy.